chapter 35. And I want to look at verse 4 and 5. Exodus chapter 35, verse 4 and 5. And the word now reads, And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. I'm going to read this again. And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. Now, what I want to talk about today is having a willingness to do. Having a willingness to do. And I want to say this because on my life, God has called me to root up and tear down the strongholds off of God's people. And we know a stronghold is an area in your life that you held in bondage due to your way of thinking. Now, I want to clear this up before I go into this teaching. Now, as soon as I got to the part about offering unto the Lord, some people think I'm trying to get money. The devil is a lie. This is about rooting up some things in your life that you don't even know that's there. This is why the enemy uses money, the love of money, as the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. When you love money above everything else, it brings in all types of evil. Yes, we need money to live, but we don't let money be our God because money takes legs and walk off. I mean, money actually takes legs and just run off. A $100 bill these days is like a dollar bill. Can I get an amen? Soon as you break that hundred, you ain't got nothing left. You looking and say, man, where did the money go? It ran off. This is why before you even break that, you got to give unto God what belonged to him first because you know if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have that $100 bill. I had to learn that lesson and it took me a while to learn it, but some people get so offensive when you mention money. And the reason why is because you have a love of it and you're afraid to let it go. You're afraid somebody's going to ask you for something. Oh, I'm uprooting something in here today. People don't even want you to ask. You, you afraid to even open your door to some people. You looking out the blind. Oh, God, they're coming for some money. That's the only reason why they're coming. They want some money. Or you look at your call ID and you said, I ain't asking that. I know what they want. Come on, somebody. This is how it is in life, right? But this is what the Lord was showing me. It said that Moses spoke unto the congregation. Understand that Moses was the leader. Moses was the one that was in charge. Moses was the one that God put in charge. So Moses would get the command from God, and then Moses would give the command to the people. So this is what it said, and Moses spoke unto the congregation of the children of Israel. He had to speak, didn't he? He had to say something. Know that your words have a voice. When you begin to speak, your words are saying something. Because words will hurt somebody, won't it? 
Words that either bring life, words that either bring death. It's according to what you're bringing forth. So we see that Moses was only speaking to them according to what God was saying unto him. And it got to the point that it said, which the Lord commanded saying. So Moses was speaking what God was commanding. Now I want to clear this up. I am an instrument that God used. I can only speak what God tell me to speak. You need to quit looking at me and look at whom I serve. Don't look at me, look at whom I serve. Because a person that's going to serve God is going to only give you what God is saying according to the word. Now, if I get outside this word, then don't listen to me. Because God is his word, his will is his word. So Moses had to speak according to God's word. If you do not know God's word, like I said, you will go for anything. If you don't know what God's word is saying, everybody that's speaking on God's behalf, God did not send them because most people have an agenda to what they're doing. So Moses was speaking according to what God was saying. This is the thing that God said. God said, I want an offering. But God said, now, this is another point. God know what you got in your house. God know what's in your house. Look at your neighbor and say, God know what's in your house. God know what you're going to get paid before you get paid. God know what you can give before you can give it. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm rooting up something. God know what you can give before you even give it. Because God has gave you the ability to get what you got. Y'all don't get it. You can't fool God. And you can't fool a servant of God that's serving God because God's going to tell you. If God ever have me to do something in this house, he know what's in this house. Amen. He know what this house can produce. He know what this house can bring forth. So this is what God was saying. He said that there is an offering. He said it here. Take an offering from among you. Okay. Right. Some people act ignorant. When they say take an offering from among you, they say you ain't talking about me. Must be talking about somebody else because I ain't got nothing. Is that not what? We, come on now, somebody. You ain't talking about me. I done spent all I got. Some of y'all getting mad already. Oh, I'm going to deliver you today. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to deliver you today because these are things that stop you from fulfilling what God has for you in your life. Money will ruin you. Money will take um, rule over you and God don't want that to happen and I'm not only going to talk about money today but I'm going to talk about other areas where you got to have a willingness when it comes to God but if you don't have a willingness to give what God is telling you how can God use you to help somebody if you ain't willing to do what he's saying with your money how can you go out and try to do something else it's going to take money no matter what you do have you ever seen somebody going piggly wiggly food line, IGA, and throw the food on the counter and say, bag it up. Then when they ring it up and they'll tell you $60, and then you like, I ain't got $60, just give me my food. Did they let you walk out with food or they call the cops? Because you knew what you needed, right? So let's, let's don't act ignorant. When it comes to things that we want, we find some money. That's not right? So God knew what they needed y'all he knew what they had so God said I want you to get an offering from amongst them he said but I only want the offering of those that have a willing heart a willing heart is a heart that has an eagerness have a readiness that's that's 
volunteer to give. Nobody don't have to stir you up. That's where your heart is. Your heart is stirred up to do what? To give what God will have for you to give. So when he stir up your heart and you feel that stirring coming upon you, that's when you move because it's coming from your heart. Why do some people not have a stirring in them? Because they became stingy, because they became selfish, because they don't like the person who's asking for it, because they think the person got more and they got what they need my money for. You see how they live and you see how they dress. What did God say? You don't go on how nobody dressed or how nobody live. You go on what the word of God said. Matter of fact, God said, I know what's amongst you. Because I gave you a command to go borrow from those, um, what, what would you call them? Egyptians before you left out of Egypt. He said, I told you to go borrow. And God touched their heart to give them the silver, the gold, and everything that they needed. He did not send them out of Egypt empty. So can I say something? Ain't a person in here empty. If you got five cents, you got something. If you got a penny, you got something. Live like you got something. Just because you don't have a $5 bill, if you got a dollar, you got something. And you need to give God glory for what you got. And if God tell you to give off of what you got, that's what you give. He said bring gold, silver, and brass. He knew what was amongst them. Come on, get over yourself. Get over what you're looking for and see what God has for you. Ask your neighbor, say, what does God have for you? Say, for real, what does God have for you? Now look back at him, say, you don't even know. Because you're spinning. Come on, let's do it again. I'm going to stir up, if, it, if it's some deliverance in this area, some people going to get delivered. Say, what did God have for you? Say, what did God have for you? Say, do you know what God has for you? Say, no, because you spin it. This is the truth. When we get something, we get excited when it comes to money because we think of everything we can buy with that money. Or some of us are so scared when we get extra, we hold on to it so it won't run nowhere. Some of your hands is so tight that you think you got arthritis. You ain't got no arthritis. It's the way you've been holding your fists and don't want to release nothing. You need to exercise them hands. You got to reach out and touch somebody. Besides family, it's more than family. We all family. I got to reach out and touch somebody more than my husband, my children, and my daddy, and my aunts and uncles. I got to go out from among what I'm familiar with. Just because I touched him, I think I gave something. I'm supposed to help him. Y'all didn't know? I'm supposed to help him so he won't come to the church and ask the church. Read your word. If you got a widow that's loose, let them stay loose because they're trying to find a man. You don't go giving it to that. But if you got widows that need money, the children's supposed to take care of that. Not bringing it to the church when you got a slew of kids. Hello, somebody. Read your word. But we sent them to the church. 
in your house. Hmm. Oh, I know deliverance is happening in this house. Preach, Apostle, I am, Holy Ghost. Preach. Look, so this is what he did. He told them, he said, this is what I want you to give. So it was a command of God. I want y'all to understand this. Whatever the words say, that's what you're supposed to do. If you're in the word, you don't wait on me to say give nothing. But if God asks for a need, you should be stirred up to give for that need because you know me and I know the Father. You should trust the God in me to know I'm, I'm not Jimmy. My name ain't Jimmy. And I'm not just saying gimme just to say gimme. If I come up here and I'm asking for something, it's because God is asking and God knows the need. And we're supposed to fulfill the need. So we look at what Moses said. Now go to verse 21 in the same chapter. Now look at this. And they came. Woo. And they came. Look at your neighbor and say, they came. Say, are you coming? Say, they came. Are you coming? It said, everyone whose heart stirred him up. Ooh, 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 ooh. Is your heart stirring you up? Is your heart stirring you up? If your heart is stirring you up, you're supposed to move on your heart. It ain't no particular amount. You're just supposed to move on the stirring that's in you. Some of y'all hearts are so stopped up, you need to have surgery. And it comes to the good book. Come on. It comes to, some people look at it like this. I done paid my bills. And the only thing I got left is for me, myself, and I. And I ain't giving not one. Did I ask for anything? Did I ask for a particular amount? No, I didn't. I'm giving you the word. And when you get the word, it's where your heart is. And wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. Amen. So it said that, and they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone who his spirit made, uh uh-oh, made, ain't the word so good, apostle, we the only one going to be like jumping jack flash up in here. See, when you in the word, you like jumping jack flash, you can't even move, come on, you can't even be still, because the word is just that good. Come on, I ain't James Brown, but James Brown say, I got that feeling. And he was glad, cross that flow with that feeling. I got the Holy Ghost feeling. And that's what keeps me glad and cross this pulpit. Because when you in it and the word is in you, you can't do nothing but leap, jump, shout, give God some glory. Come on, Sister Loretta, give him some glory. God is just that good. Woo, he's good. There's a woo in that. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work, oh my goodness, the work of the tabernacle of the congregation. Listen at this. I love this part. And for all his service. Y'all get the all. It ain't one thing. It's all. For all his service. Whatever God got going on, whatever he has stirred in somebody's heart that need to take place, that's all his service. Because God is what stirred it, not me. It's God. And whatever God say, that's what we're supposed to do. I'm going to tell y'all what's so funny. This is just so funny. I'm going to use me for an example. Can I use me? Y'all know my jolly green giant, Jeremy, right? I always mess with my jolly green giant. And 
this is funny. My husband had called me yesterday, and he remembered this. He said, Jeremy was going out and to take Quisha for a birthday, and he was, you know, getting extra money. This is one thing how we raise our kids. Pay whom you owe. You don't do nothing outside of whom you owe. No way, no how. So I said, make sure you pay your bills. Make sure your bills are paid. He said, Mama, I paid all my bills, and this is all I got left. I said, okay, Jeremy, give God. He said, Mama, I give God glory because my bills are paid. So guess what? He got a job that come up where he can mow somebody's lawn. Whose lawn is growing at this time? Whose lawn is growing at this time? But somebody's lawn was green. Had some green spots in the brown spot. And my husband said, do you need your lawn to be mowed? He said, sure, I'll leave the money. Jeremy took on that job. So after Jeremy paid his bills, he said, mama, I I paid what I had to pay and I had some left. Now, some of y'all think, why are you telling his business? I'm not telling his business. I'm helping you to let you know where he is. And how he handle his business. See, some of us think, men, if I don't have a hundred in my pocket or more, I ain't no man. You got that in your pocket and you still ain't a man. Because you will be doing what a man's supposed to do in his house. You wouldn't be hiding the $150 from your wife and your wife struggling with peanut butter and jelly. And you walking around here like a gigolo. So he he did that job, and um, my husband called me. He said, you know what? He said, we need to give him some extra money. What did I say? I ain't giving him nothing. (laughs) That's what I said. I'm using me. I'm using me. I said, he done made him some money. I ain't getting no more money. He needs to stay home. That's a mom, ain't it? So guess what I did? After I said it, I looked back in the good book. (laughs) Y'all know you done done it. I looked back in the good book. But the reason why I'm telling you this is not to put my son down because I know he's a man. He takes care of what he need to take care of even when he don't have none left. He still handles what he need to handle and he still take on jobs to get what he need. That's what we, that's a man for you. So as I was sitting there, y'all, the Lord do speak, don't he? My son come over there, get ready to go bowling. He said, Mama, he said, um, you know, I paid everything that I had to pay. Do you, do you have a little something to, 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 to give me to add to what I got so I can go bowling? Guess what Mama said? Sure, son, just wait one minute. Because you know what come back to me? The Lord had already spoken through my husband. Y'all, we got to hear God when he's speaking. So when my husband come in the house, I said, honey, God spoke through you. And he already prepared you of what was needed. And my husband didn't say another word. Guess what? We end up giving. But guess what? My son got more than enough. He wasn't proud. He wasn't boastful. He did what he needed to do. And I'm going to decree and declare this. He will never lack. He will never go without because as long as you do right with what you have, your house will never be empty. And as long as you ain't trying to manipulate somebody to get what you want, guess what? You're going to always have in your house the substance that you need. So I'm using that testimony to let you know me, myself, and I in the flesh say, ain't get nothing. But once you go back in the word and hear the spirit of the living God, he will stir up your heart. No, 
He didn't have to beg me. He didn't have to say, please, mama, please. God touched my heart. Why? Because my heart was easily to be touched. Some of your hearts are so stubborn, so hardened that people you know that's in need, walking past you in need, and you let them walk by and you having a good day. That ain't how the heart of God is. You're going to stop and you're going to give them something. Silver and gold have I none. But in the name of Jesus, rise up off of your bed of affliction. I know I'm preaching right. And I come against that foul spirit of pride. Right now in the name of Jesus. And I lose humility in this house. Because God resisted the proud, but he give grace into the humble. One thing about our house, y'all, I don't try to tell you to do something that I haven't done myself. I'm going to ask you something. Have you tried him when you didn't have nothing? Have you tried him when you look like this bill wasn't going to get paid? Have you tried him to say, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? How do you want me to spend this? Where do you want this to go? God, what do you want me to do? Because it ain't nothing. Have you tried him? If you ain't tried him, you don't know him like I know him. You got to try him with the little you have. And if God tell you to give it, you give it. Because you trust in him more than you trust in mammon. You cannot serve two masters. Either you're going to love the one or hate the other or to despise them. God is saying today, whom are you putting your trust in? You, we cannot hold on to money. Y'all, it's getting to a point now, $1,000 don't mean nothing because it leaves. Come on, somebody. If, if these days and times, if you ain't got over 1000 it don't mean nothing no more. I remember it was days that we would work for our uncle, and this is funny. Get up 5 o'clock in the morning for $2. Work all day for $2. Finally, somebody gave us some knowledge on that. And they said, do you realize y'all coming all the way down here working for $2? Me, my sister, and my first cousin, it was funny. We got up early in the morning, 5 o'clock, to work for $2. And how we found out when we would go to yard sales, we couldn't even really get what we wanted with the $2. Because, you know, it's 50 cent here, 50 cent there, if it's 75, you ain't got nothing left. So we finally just said, I'm not going no more. $2 ain't nothing. So, but it was more than what we had. He didn't have to give us that. He made a way for us to earn. And this is what he was doing. You be faithful over a little. God will make you ruler. Over much. Then I had one uncle had us digging potatoes. What was it, Daddy? 10 cent or 25? It was 10 or 25 cent. We over there working like slaves for 25 cent. But I give God glory today because it showed me you got to work for what you get. You can't look at the amount. God is setting you up for where he want to carry you. So when you get 10 cent, you're going to know how to act with 10 cent. Some of us walk by 10 cent, 1 cent, 5 cent. We leave it in the floor. How do you think you're getting dollars? You got to pick it up. Some of us think, that ain't, my bill is $200. What that penny going to do for me? That penny is going to humble you enough to say, it ain't what I need, but I got something. Amen. And you're going 
you know what? You take that penny, you come to church and say, God, I'm going to lay down the penny because that's all I got is a penny. But God, you a miracle working God. You can take the penny and make it $200. So I'm going to give you glory. Now, I don't tell you to go to the light company and give them a penny because they ain't going to take it. But when you give it to God and you really know God is saying, give me that. He said, I have use of that. And the penny is made of copper. If copper is all you got, come on, I don't care if them cans is going ding, 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 ding. Put it in there because you trust in God. You ain't looking at what people say. Some people get so ashamed when you ask them for money and all they have is coins. They'll come up to the altar like this right here. And then they'll look around and ching, ching. I know you dropped that ching, ching. Give God glory for it. You, you get embarrassed because you drop a little bit of money. It's okay. Give God glory for what you drop. Because the lady that gave the little mite, she gave all of her living, all that she had. He honored that more than he honored the ones that gave more. So it's not the amount you have. It's what you do with what you have. He commanded them. Now go to verse 29. The children of Israel brought a willing offering. Y'all hear me? Willing. Willing offering unto the Lord. Every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work, which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hands of who? Did y'all get that? They had a willing heart. They did as they were commanded, and they did it for all the services of the house of God. And they did it by the hands of Moses, because Moses had to tell them what God was saying. Some of us don't hear God. We don't hear what God is saying to us today. Why? Because we are so focused on what's happening in our lives, what I need. You got to come out of what you need. Y'all, it's no competition. We got too much competition amongst us. Meaning that you see somebody else with it, you feel like you got to have it. That don't mean you got to have what they got. You don't know how long they waited on what they have. So you don't have competition amongst the saints. It may have taken me a year to get a new outfit, but just because you see me with the outfit, don't get mad and say, people giving her God's money. That's how she getting her clothes. That's how she living the way she's living. The way I'm living is because of Jesus. It's because Jesus had to stir up somebody's heart because this is what God was showing me, even dealing with this teaching. He said, I commanded you to come off your job. He said, man didn't tell you to come off a job because man will tell you, if you come off your job, you ain't going to make it. You're not going to have what you need. You're going to have things missing in your life, and you're not going to make it. But when God commanded me, when he gave me the charge to come off my job, I had so much peace in coming off the job, but my concern was my husband. I said, I don't know how he's going to feel. So I had to talk with him. He said, if that's what God told you to do, you go ahead and do it. So I said, okay, guess what? His heart had to be willing. His heart had to have an eagerness, had to have a readiness just like I was. So God had to prepare his heart. How did he prepare my husband's heart? He watched how I lived. He watched the things that I went through. He watched how I encouraged people when I wasn't even encouraged. He watched how when we had little and God made it much. He watched those situations and he stood fast. And then it come a time when he was ready to come off his job. You know what I said? The devil's alive. We got to have something. I'm being honest. I said, we got to have something to make it. He may 
much money, his, his income is higher than my income. The devil is a lie. That's what I'm saying to myself. I said, because you lose everything. But then the Lord already told me he's coming off that job. So my husband say, tell me what God is saying about coming off the job. I said, I'm not telling you nothing. I said, you better seek God for yourself. I said, you let God tell you when it's time for you to come off. And God told him. And, y'all, I'm here to tell you, from the time he come off his job to the time I come off my job, now being off my job, it's been, what, 17 years? Off a job. If y'all don't see Jesus, because Miracle Temple, I'm going to be honest with you, Jennifer, no, Jennifer, see the books. What we need to make it in this house outside of what we need it don't be there but god make a way out of y'all better hear what i'm saying quit running your mouth when you don't know you may see the money but you don't know what's going on up in here everything has a price y'all should know don't you live in a house i know you ain't living in no tent you got lights you got insurance you got everything. Shoot, y'all. He had to take out a million-dollar policy on me just to be up here, just in case somebody want to put a lawsuit out on me. Come on. It takes money. It takes money. So everything for the service of God has to be taken care of. That's why he stir up people's hearts to give into the ministry so it can be taken care of. He didn't even leave out the man and woman of God. No, he didn't. But some people leave them out because you're jealous. I'm going to hit that. What is it? The the nail on the head. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. Some people are so jealous of me and my husband praying that we fall. The devil is a lie. Because even when the money looks funny. See, I know how to look to the hills from which cometh my help. I know how to walk and talk with Jesus and lift it up to him like the two fish and the five loaves of bread. And say, God, this is all we have in this house. But that ain't what you said. You said we have abundance and no lack. And every naysayer, bring them down in the name of Jesus. Come on, that road is anointed. Walk down 803 Lender Lane. You're going to feel some glory. If my dog could talk, he'll be in here. Hallelujah. Roof, 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 roof. Because we be having church. I don't tell you my business. I don't tell you when there's nothing there. I look to my father. Don't he look to my daddy? I look to Jesus and say, wait, wait, wait. You call me to this. You told me you were going to take care of me. Now I need to be taken care of. Come on, advances. Y'all knew you and your husband at times when it was nothing there. And God stirred up your heart to lay money on our table because it was nothing there. But we made it. Getting knocks at the door saying, God is saying, give you this. Because God stirred their heart. We don't even beg you for nothing. If anybody in this church say we beg you or ask you for something, get up here, bring me a bucket of oil, let me just grease you down. Because we don't do that. We don't operate like that. We go to him, and that's what God want to teach you. You got to go to him because everybody ain't going to give you nothing. 
But soon as you begin to decree and declare what God said, God telling that angel, you better go handle that. You better go touch them hearts of the ones that need to be given into Miracle Temple. And he touched people's hearts. And and guess what? They don't miss it. God supply it. Because God said if you give seed to the sower, come on, increase come from your seed. If you planted seed in the ground, you are not looking at that seed in the ground. You know it's supposed to produce after its kind. What are you planting? What are you looking for for God? If you're looking for healing, plant that seed concerning healing. If you're looking for love, plant the seed concerning love. What seeds are you planting? Corruptible? Because they're going to bring corruptible seed. So these people were willing to give into the service of God. We got people that are not willing to give into God's work, but we give into all kind of foolishness. We got people that's taking money, gambling with it, and know they're supposed to pay their light bill, but they feel a stirring in them. I'm going to hit it today. I'm going to hit that number today. That's the stirring they get. And they lay down $100 and know you owe CP&L or Duke or, or Four County. Know that's their money, but you felt a stirring and you lay down your light bill money. And then you call in family. Well, didn't make enough this week. How my money went here. Sob story. But thank God for the spirit of the living God. Well, God said, trust in him. With all your heart, lean not to your own gambling. (laughs) But acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he shall direct. Won't God do it? God is just a comedian, that's all. God God will preach you happy. God know how to do it because sometimes y'all get offended because the truth, knowing the truth is what sets you free. So God said, this is what I want you to do with your money. God really didn't want a place to dwell because no place could contain God. But see, they wanted, he gave him a tabernacle to show him how it needed to be. So Moses had to have what he needed for that place. Y'all, the kingdom of God You have to have what you need to present this gospel in order for this gospel to go all over the world. So saying that, I'm going to say this. Some of y'all should know if you come up in here, I ain't shutting up until the Holy Ghost shut me up. Because I'm going to tell you something. God is delivering in this house. And he's delivering to let you know, let go of what you're holding on to and hold to him. That song said, hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand. Y'all know that, don't you? So then he took me to a place where they did this voluntarily, y'all, because their heart in them was stirred up to do it. But then God began to show me another place in the Bible. It's in Isaiah chapter 1. Well, it says, the willing and the obedient shall eat the good of the land. I want y'all to check this out. The willing and obedient. You may be willing, but you're not obedient. Then it's no good. Or you may be obedient, but you're not willing. The two have to work together. What I'm saying is, whatever God tells you to do, you should be willing to do, and you should be obedient in doing it. 
Meaning that when you go on his word and you do it, you being obedient, but you got to have a willing heart as well. If I'm telling you to do something, you should not do it just because I said it. You should do it because you know who I represent. That's a willing heart. You should have an eagerness. You should have a readiness to say, God, apostle is telling me to do something. It's not apostle. It's coming from God through apostle. The word of God said, whatsoever you do, do it heartedly unto God and not unto man. So you're not looking at me. You're looking at the God that's in me. So you said, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do it with my whole heart. That means it says, whatever you do in word and in deed, you do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. So everything that we do, we should do it according to him, not according to man. Because when you do it according to man, guess what? You're being disobedient. Anything, even on your job, you should not just do enough to get a paycheck. Some of you do just enough to get a paycheck. But you should say, God, whatever my hands Fine to do outside of what they're giving me, even if they don't give me a raise. I'm on this job representing you. It ain't about me. God, I'm going to humble myself and do far and exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can even ask to think according to the power that now worketh in me. So you want to do it according to him and not according to man. And I'm going to give you an example here dealing with Nehemiah. Nehemiah, the fourth chapter, it says that they had a mind to work. And the thing was, they were going through opposition, y'all. The enemy was coming to get against them. He was ridiculing them. He was mocking them. He was making it hard for them to build that wall. But they had a mind to work. Why did they have a mind to work? Because they had a leader that encouraged them in the word of God. They knew the word of God. So when the enemy came in like a flood, the spirit of the living God began to raise up a standard against him. And they still build the wall in the midst of opposition. People in the body of Christ break down when somebody talk about you. You break down when somebody asks you for money. You break down when you feel like you should be doing it and they shouldn't. So you shut down. You don't want to sing right no more. You don't want to usher right no more. You don't want to even live right no more because you thinking it's all about you. But I need to tell you today, it ain't about you. It's about him. So when you got a mind to work, you don't let people stop you from doing what God has called you to do. That means that you rather obey man than you rather obey God. I'm going to change it up a little bit with money. Peter and John, they they were on a mission. They were on a commission, that great commission of winning souls, seeing people healed, delivered, and set free, seeing demons cast out of people. So they stayed focused on that commission. When things began to get tight with them, when they began to lock them up in prison, when they began to beat them, guess what they did, y'all? They still began to talk about Jesus, and they said, don't use this name no more. What did they say? They said they rather obey God than man. So that's what we're supposed to do. We don't shut down God's business based on how we feel. Some of us shut down because what somebody said, how they treated you, because of your emotions. You keep going outside of feeling. It is not about feeling. It's about him. It's about what he has for you to do. 
another incident in the word of God. It was the sons of the prophet. And that's in 2 Kings, the sixth chapter. And what happened, they, these are the ones that heart was stirred in them. Elijah, he was the prophet. I'm going to call him the chief prophet. <laughs> that's what people call him. That's the chief, chief dog. He was the chief prophet, and he had the sons of prophet up under him. He was training them, you know, to be prophets, to be a mouthpiece of God. All of us need training in areas, right? So he was training them. One of them come to him and told them, we need a bigger place to dwell. We need a bigger place so we can sit amongst you and get this teaching. So they asked Elijah, will you go with us? So they were going on their own to build a bigger place in another place because they had increased. Let me tell you where increase, um, increasing come from. When you are being taught the word of God and you know that God is teaching you, you're going out and you're telling people what you're getting from the word and people want what you have. If you don't go out and tell people what you're getting, I'll, I'll say this, dealing with schools, y'all know there's different colleges and different high schools and people representing them high schools and them colleges well. And the only time they turn on colleges or high schools is when they just lose, lose, lose. You just get so humiliated by so many losses that they had. But you talk about your school. You talk about what's going on in that school and it either turn people away or it won't, right? So this is what I'm saying. When you talk about what's going on, it's going to turn um, people to the word or it's going to take people away from the word. So these people, these sons of prophets want to build a bigger place. So they took it upon themselves to go out and do this. Now understand this. They asked Elijah, the one that was the chief um, prophet, they said, we're going out to do this. They asked him first. He said, go. Then they said, will you go with us? They was going to see what he will. And he said, yes, I will. Upon chopping down what they needed to build this place, this man, this, this prophet had an axe. And the axe head fell in the water. Now he began to cry out to Elijah. And he told him, it is borrowed. I'll tell you what the Lord showed me. This man's heart was so right that he knew he borrowed that axe to do a work of the Lord. Where am I going? When you know you're not in a place to give into the service of the Lord, you're going to go to somebody else and tell them what you're doing. It might be something you need that they have for you to do what God wants you to do, that he's stirring in your heart. Some of us are so full of pride, we don't want to tell people what we're doing. We don't want to let people know what we're doing because we figure if we can't get it ourselves, it just won't be God. So that prophet, he said that axe is borrowed. So his heart was so stirred in him because he knew it didn't belong to him. He knew it belonged to somebody else and he wanted to give back unto that person what he had borrowed. This is why the Bible said the lender is subject to the borrower. That's why we should lend and not borrow. But in today's society, if you do have a loan, you should be willing to pay that loan because you went and got money for that loan. You shouldn't just take $10,000 and burn it up and then say, I'm not going to pay nobody because your name is already over the place. It's in the credit bureau. So this is what Elijah did when he called for Elijah. See, Elijah had a reason to be there. He took a stick. He said, where did it fall? And he threw it in the water and the axe head began to float. God is concerned about what you're concerned about. He knew his heart. He knew how he wanted to help 
Elijah. So guess what God did? He allowed a miracle to take place to let him know, I'm here in the midst of you. I heard your heart. I heard your cry. I know how you want to give back to Elijah first and foremost, because when you give to the man of God, you give it unto me. If you honor him, you are honoring me. And because you show an honor to him, he said, you're going to be honored. That's why the axe head began to flow. See, we got to understand what the word of God is saying. If you don't understand the word of God, you will just go away and just feel like it's just a word. It is what God has written. So he said, if you're willing and obedient, if you're willing and obedient, that's when you eat the good of the land. Rebellion is in the house. Because whatever God tell me to tell you, that's what you do. And if you don't do it, it's because you thinking you're willing to do a thing, but you disobedient, so what you will to do don't mean nothing to God. Because that's not what you were told to do. See, God want to do a work, but some of us are switched to work around because we think we know and don't know. Whatever God say do, that's what you do outside of how you feel. It is not for you to determine what works or what don't work. You do what God said, and then you eat the good of the land. The good of the land come in through your willingness and your obedience, not just your obedience. What did he tell Saul? He said, obedience is better than sacrifice. You sacrifice these things. God said, I don't want that. He said, I wanted you to do what I told you to do. See, he was messed up all the way around. So God is saying today that you got to have a willingness to do. How do I have a willingness to do what God is telling me to do? Through relationship. The more time I spend with God in the word, nobody have to tell me what to do. Because when they ask me to do it, a stirring going to come in my heart. See, God already know where you've been. Some people are willing, but they're willing so nobody won't say they didn't do. I'm going to go there. Some people are willing, and they do it because they don't want people to know that they don't want to do it. So they do it just to say it's done. God know your heart. You just done it because you was asked to do it, but you didn't have a desire. You didn't have an eagerness to do it. You just done it. So it don't mean nothing to God. You don't get credit for that. So we have to line up totally with the word of God. If I ask you to come out here and mop the floor, and you say, yes, apostle, I'll be glad to do it. But down in your heart, you're saying, why she asked me to mop the floor? Why ain't she asked that old armor bearer, sister Denise, to do it? She do everything else. Why can't she mop the floor today? And then you, then you mop the floor and say, Pastor, was that okay? No, it wasn't. I should have asked Denise like you said. God ain't going to let nobody get over on you because he know your thoughts from afar off. See, that's jealousy in the house, and jealousy is going to lead to rebellion, and it leads to rejection. It leads to everything coming in, every work, confusion. Where there is confusion, there is every evil work. There is strife. That's why you got to be obedient to the word of God outside of how you feel. You got to deal with what's behind that. You got to deal with the root. Why are you feeling that way? Because you feeling like she have more rule than you do. You feel like she's in a place that you need to be in. No, you in the place that God wants you to be in because he got to do some more deliverance on you. That's why he tell you to clean the toilet. 
Because while you're cleaning them toilets, you're looking back over your life and saying, God, this is what I used to be like. And then when you see that clean toilet, hallelujah, God said, now that's you. See, God will get you ready for where he's taking you. So don't get upset. You don't know where she's been. You don't know the road that she's traveled. You don't know what she's been through. You don't know how God took her from here to bring her from here. And you don't know how she got knocked back down here. Because God said, I ain't through with you yet. I'm going to leave you right there until you can get over your emotionalism. I'm going to leave you right there until you can stop being people pleaser and be God pleaser. Is that right, Sister Me? So when you can come out of people... And be about my business. I'm going to keep moving you higher. The enemy wants setbacks in the body of Christ. Because he thinking that miracle temple is going to stop because of you. It ain't. Because God got a ram in the bush. God always have a ram in the bush. So keep your mouth off this ministry. The only way it stops is God say it stops. Because God got a plan. So we don't give up because of people's feelings. Whoa, whoa, feelings. Somebody in their feelings right now. The reason why you're in your feelings is because you're getting delivered. That, that, that thing on the inside of you is right up right now, and you're trying to conceal it. Release. Let it go because it's not about you. It's all about him and what he want to do. This is why Moses said, those that are on my side, he said, come over here. You got to know whose side you own. God wants us to have a willingness to serve in the house of God, not just serving because we want to be seen, heard, and attached to, but we're serving because we're doing a service unto the Lord, not unto man. So when I serve water, I'm doing it with all my might unto God, not unto man. And it'd be the best taste in water there is because God has said, hold the water up, baby. Begin to pray over this water. Begin to pray that they heal, delivered, and set free as this water is going down on the inside of them. Begin to decree and declare. And then I said, ooh, this is some good water. Because it's anointed. Because God got the right one. So everything you do, you got to do it unto the Lord. It's not about us. It's all about what he will have for us to do. Get your mind off of you and put it on him. And as you do that, you will see things come to pass in your life quicker because you humbling yourself up under his mighty hand and he's exalting you in due season. You're not exalting yourself. Look at your neighbor again and say, it's not about you. Say it's all about him and what he want to do in your life. So we're doing a work for the Lord. And if you know you're doing a good work, like Nehemiah said, don't you come down. I don't care who the enemy sent in, the false prophets. I don't care who he sent in, Bishop Tulu, Hulu, whoever it may be. You don't come off of the word that God has given you. God has you in the place that he wants you to be in at this appointed time, at this moment. God is not going to move you until you're ready to be moved because you keep setting your own self back by what you hear. Jealousy. How do I have a willing heart? And I'm going to wrap it up. By going in the word of God, spending time in that word, renewing your mind, being transformed by the word of God. 
And when you are transformed by his word, change comes. Change does not come until transformation take place through the word. Because the word brings life. You will not get life from anything else except to the, from the word. Do y'all know that even doctors would tell you, we're going to do this procedure, but it's only going to last this long. And you take that. Because you say, well, that's all I got. That's all I got. Because they already determined this is how long this lasts. But the word of God endures forever. Forever and ever and ever. So we have to trust this word. But God want to do a work miracle temple in this place that you have never seen before. God wants to show his hand amongst miracle temple. And I'm going to tell you how he's shown it through the word. The word is what's going to keep you. The word is what does everything that needs to be done in your life. And I did say I was going to cut it off, but this scripture here, 2 Corinthians, the 8th chapter, I'm preaching from the breath of God, and his breath don't give out now. If you fall out on the floor, I'll come back there and revive you so you can get what you need, so you can leave out of here what you need. When God gave me this, y'all, I'm telling you something. Money will mess you up. Money will have you stressed out. It will have you scroped out. It will have you heart attacked out, full of anxiety. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you lay down at night and you think of the things you got to do and you know what's in your bank account, how many feel a little shaky? If you say you don't, something wrong. And it's determined on where you are, how shaky you are. Because <laughs> if you're just a little bit shaky, you're almost there. But if you're a lot shaky where you're tossing and turning and you're thinking about money, money, money when you lay down and when you rise up, you ain't about God's business, you're about your business. Because you're thinking that God can't do it, you got to do it. So you're waking up with a new way to save a little bit of extra money. Your new way may be this. We're not going to buy no socks for another year. If you got a hole in your sock... Get some needle and thread. Mend that sock. So we're going to save money on socks. So you think of a way of saving money on socks. God don't want no hole in nobody's socks. Does he? And he sure don't want you sewing them up because they're going to come loose because you never knew how to sew nothing anyway. But you're trying to put something in order to save a little bit of money and you're trying to launch something and you're saying it's God but it's fear. Because you're trying to do it. You're trying to, it's good to be on a budget, but not a budget full of fear. Because fear will paralyze you. Fear will have you looking at everything that you spend. God wants us to be happy when we can go out and get a burger. He wants us to be happy when we can go out and buy a pair of shoes. He wants us to be, and not just buying it just because we can, but we have freedom in knowing that we've done what the will of the Lord told us to do. So we're free to enjoy what God wants us to enjoy. Listen at this right here in 2 Corinthians 8 chapter. This is what Paul was saying to the Macedonians. 
Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. He was talking to the Corinthians about Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. I'm going to tell you what God is saying to this, about this church. In Macedonia, though they didn't have enough, they still gave. This is what I'm saying. Though they did not have enough, they still gave liberally. Because they gave on the little that they had. God said, I'm not looking on what you got. God said, I'm looking at your heart. See, that's a form of pride too because we want people to think we're in a place that we're not in. Everybody don't make the same thing. So you can't give the same thing. And one thing that we do is try to go on a 10%. You can't even go on 10% because you don't want to give 10 cent off a dollar. You don't want to go on 10% because you say that's too much. But the more time you spend with God, your heart is going to tell you what to give outside of what you have. This is what Paul was saying. Then in this verse 12, he said, For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man have and not according to what he have not. Y'all don't get it? If your mind is willing... This is, this is what we have to cut out in the body of Christ. We give according to the heart, not according to an amount. We give according to the heart, not according to the amount. Because Teresa's heart may tell her to give 5000 Then we have Barbara's heart telling her to give ten. But if I put a limit and say I only want $100, Teresa's going to say, well, okay, I'll just give 100 Barbara's going to say, okay. Well, I'll just give that too. So I done missed out on all that money because I'm putting a limit on God. You don't put a limit on God. God know your heart. He know what you can give. Then when he say give according to the heart, you can't give according to the heart because your heart is wrong. Your heart is full of you. So you pulling out what you think your heart, this is what your heart is saying. You're, you limiting God because you're still down there low. And God said, I want you up here. You should be farther than that. So that's why we got to trust God. That's what he was telling the Corinthians. He said, don't give grudgingly. Don't give out of necessity. Don't give and, and it be a burden to you. Don't give and it be anxiety to you or anything like that to you. you God loves a cheerful giver. That means anything that I give, I give it cheerfully. We want to be cheerful in our giving and everything we do, we want to be cheerful about it. In serving the Lord, I should have joy about it. I shouldn't be vacuuming the floor. I'm tired of these people coming up in here. Don't they know how to wipe their feet? Good God Almighty. We shouldn't be doing that. We should give God glory. Say, God, thank you that they are coming in the house of God. But could you do me a favor, Holy Spirit, remind them to wipe the feet at the door. Hallelujah. But we should do it cheerfully. Amen. So it's time for us, y'all, to live according to this word. When you live according to this word, you live in a life that's an abundant life. And it's not about you. It's all about what the word of God is telling you to do. So on today, I come against fear. A fear of lack. Some of us are going through a fear of lack. We're afraid that we're going to lack. The word of God tells you that you have abundance and no lack. The word of God tell you that he has made all grace abound towards you. That you always have what? All sufficiency and what? All things. Because whatever, God's going to give you more than enough. He don't give you just enough to get by. 
He gives you more than enough where you have some left over. So I bind that spirit of fear, of lack that's running rapid in this church. In Jesus' name. I bind it out, rooted at the root. In Jesus' name, and I speak that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. I speak that we have more than enough to do what God has called us to do, and we have more left over to give, and whatever service God wants us to give it in, we have more than enough. When you give, you're going to receive. Good measures, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. What measure you have given, it's going to be given back to you. God gave his son. He was the first giver when we didn't even deserve it. So remember, when you loose your fist, you're going to feel some release. Don't look at man. Look to God. Spend time with God so he can tell you what to give. So you will be giving it with a willing heart. Not grudgingly, not out of necessity, but you are a cheerful giver in every area of your life. Not only in money, but in your service unto the Lord. And know that God is doing a great work, a good work in you. Don't let money be your God. You rule it. Don't let it rule you. When you get your check, you should say, this is what you're doing first. You're going to give to God first. And then we're going to live off the rest. Because God's going to do multiplication off the rest of what's left and you're going to have more than enough and the funny part is God will be telling you when you think you got a little bit left to go buy a pair of shoes to do something with God will put somebody before your face and you'll be like trying to erase that picture be like one of them wobble things people think you gone crazy do what God is showing you give from your heart And you can't give from your heart if you don't have that relationship with God. Some of y'all say you know him. But if you know him, you're willing to go back and say, God, help me to do what you have created me to do, not what I think that need to be done. Amen? Amen? I think we have some testimonies from our New Year service. With um, God had telling everybody that you had a box. And remember at 12 o'clock we opened that box. Um, 